Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to read a passage from Psalm 119 and then pray, spend some time thinking about what God has to say to us in the Word. The poet says, The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I implore your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think of your ways, I turn my feet to your decrees. I hurry and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous ordinances. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would give us insight into the word this day. God, we pray that you would help us to think deep and true thoughts, not only about your truth, Lord, but about you and about our own lives. God, we ask you to help us to be reflective people. There's so much reactivity going on around us. Have mercy on us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So today we're going to ask the question, what does it mean to walk closely with God? Maybe a better way to think of what we're going to look at here in the next few minutes is what are the the character markers or the indicators that I'm trusting in the Lord, that I'm walking closely with Him? So I'm going to share a few things that I think the poet invites us to consider. The first one's this. He says, the Lord is my portion. And we don't use that word very often. Rarely, probably, do we say so-and-so or such-and-such is my portion. We think of portion in terms of food quantity. The word portion in the Bible means the source of my happiness, my blessing, or my security. So essentially what the writer is saying is God is the source of my happiness, the source of my blessing, and the source of my security. So I think that begs the question for us, from where do we derive our satisfaction? Where are we looking for security? And I think that this season right now is um, revealing maybe some places where we've looked in the wrong places for security. I think this season is more of a revealer than a creator. And by that, I mean that we're probably more aware of where we've actually been looking for satisfaction rather than the stress causing us to go in the wrong direction. And so the poet here says, I've learned to look to God for security. And yet, if we're honest, many of us would say, that's not where we've been looking. And that's probably why we feel so unsettled right now, so stressed and churned up. As you are probably aware, we have a presidential election coming up in just a number of days. And so it's tempting for people to think, well, if we could just look to Washington, if they would get it all right, everything would be fine. Maybe you're not into politics. Um, Some of us have been looking to sports teams to make everything fine. Now, if you live in the part of the country where I live, the state of Georgia, uh, this recent week or two uh, has been pretty disappointing for us. Both the Bulldogs and the Braves have let me down recently. And I'm all joking aside, I will say that when sports came back on uh, after an extended absence in the middle of this cumulative stress of the pandemic, I found myself being distracted, reading more, thinking more than I should about sports and about politics. Y'all, it's a dangerous business to look to 
other people for our source of security and satisfaction. And many of us, if we're honest, would just admit we've been looking in some places that are just not going to get the job done. So where are you right now? Where do you turn for answers? Where are you looking right now for comfort and satisfaction, for security? I think that today the Lord might invite all of us to answer that question as honestly as we can and then ask this question, what might I do today to intentionally turn my focus back to God and actually begin to cultivate an imagination for seeing him as my portion? What tangible step might you take? See, for me, it's been cultivating a kind of um, and remediating my own digital diet, spending a little bit less time distracting myself through reading about things that ultimately don't matter and actually giving myself more reflective space to be quiet. See, one of the things that I think the Lord would invite all of us to consider is that where we're inputting into our life, where we invest time and energy, where we're allowing things to come into us, that that actually is going to drive where our imaginations go. And so if I'm inputting, allowing inputs to come into my life in ways that are moving me into stressful or anxious directions, then I'm going to feel more anxious. But if I input places of reflection, spiritual disciplines, uh, long walks outside, opportunities to reflect and quiet my own heart, then I find that I'm more prone to look for the activity of God. See, life is all about um, recognizing what's going on in you and then making course corrections. See, it's human nature for us to get out of whack, out of balance. And it's a mark of faithfulness to make those course corrections when they come. See, that's what repentance is all about in your life. So if you find today that God is not your portion, that you've been looking elsewhere for security and satisfaction, for comfort, then all we have to do is acknowledge that and say, I'm going to make some intentional movement to looking to God. See, the idea of repentance in the Bible, uh, the Christian idea of repentance, means to rethink, to think about your thinking. So we all aim and we miss, and then it's time to recalibrate, rethink. So I would ask you today to think about whether or not God is your portion. And if you're not looking there, then let's make some intentional choices to move in that direction. The next thing the poet does here that I think is really important is he explicitly asks for God's favor and his grace, his kindness. He teaches us to explicitly ask for God's favor. I do this every single day. Every day I ask for God's grace and I ask him for favor. It's not selfish to do this. I think it's actually a command in the scripture. If you're not currently asking God explicitly for his favor and his grace every day, you should be doing this. We're actually called to solicit the kindness of God toward us. This is a spiritual discipline, and frankly, it's one that many of us don't explore enough. I believe that God is very receptive to our requests for his kindness and his favor. He wants us to ask him again and again and again for his kindness and favor. There's a song that we've been singing at the church where I pastor, and one of the lines in that song is, Let the favor of the Lord rest upon us establish the work of our hands. I love that because it gives language to the fact that it's not wrong or selfish for you to ask for God's favor for the work of your hands to be established. The next thing the poet does after asking for God's favor is he says, turn my feet. <laughs> We're meant to consider the direction of our feet, our actions, our choices. The, the picture there of turning your feet 
It says, when I think of your ways, I turn my feet to your decrees. Your feet indicate your concrete lived experience. And without regular reflection, without space to consider, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's it's an invitation for you to quiet your heart, even if it's just for a few minutes every day, and consider the state of your soul without time given to that. We won't turn our feet in the right direction. Our choices and our actions will continue to drift along. See, an unexamined life is a drifting life. And the poet says, when I think of your ways, when I stop and think, when I reflect, I turn my feet. Do you know that your reflecting is meant to actually bear fruit in your concrete lived experience and your actions and your choices? When I think of God's ways... I naturally begin to turn my feet to his decrees. Guys, we have to intentionally get our eyes off of us and onto God's ways if our feet are going to be moving in the right direction. So right now, in your life, if you don't like some of the choices that you're making, you need to turn your heart first and then your feet are going to follow. The next thing the poet says, and this is connected to, to lived experience, is he essentially says, don't waste time doing what God wants. He, the, the poet actually uses these words. He says, I hurry. I do not delay. Guys, there's an invitation in front of each and every one of us to move toward God without delay, to not put off choices concerning fidelity and faithfulness. See, today, if you sense an invitation in your life to move your life into greater alignment, maybe to repent of a sin, to turn away from something you shouldn't be doing or to turn toward something that you know there's an invitation for you to begin doing something, the longer you delay, the less likely you are to move and do what God wants. It's like the longer you stand up on top of that dock looking down at the water, the less likely you are to jump and to take the plunge. The Lord wants us to be the kinds of people who don't waste time doing what he wants. And then the poet takes it in a, in, a, in a more, I think, intentional direction about the reality of life. The poet asks God to train his heart to remember him even in the middle of trouble. And I love this because we all know that trouble kind of makes us forget. Um, and when we're in trouble, when difficulty is swirling around us, we have to actually really work to remember or else we'll forget. We'll become disoriented and forget what's real, what's true. Uh, we'll, we'll lose sight of true north. And here the poet describes opposition and conflict, but he says, I intentionally do not forget your way in the middle of trouble. And y'all, this is not accidental. It doesn't happen to him coincidentally. He names this because he's actually made choices to do it on purpose. He remembers, he recounts, he comes back to God's ways, even when his instincts would lead him in a different, less redeemed direction. And this speaks to something I think the Lord would want each and every one of us to cultivate. The, the, the psalmist is essentially saying here, I have a rhythm, I have a routine in my life that brings me to God. One that engages his heart in good times and in bad. He comes to God regardless, whether he feels like it or not. So I would simply ask you this question, do you have a rhythm, a routine of coming to God? See, there's no time like the present to develop a routine of being with God. See, if you'll develop a routine, you'll be more likely to be with God when you're not feeling great. In this season of my life, I come to the Lord and spend time in reflection, seeking renewal, whether I feel like it or not. And there are days where I don't feel like it. 
Same is true for you, I know. The difference in my life now, relative to where I was many years ago, is that without a routine many years ago, when I wasn't feeling well, I would just check out. And now, when I'm not feeling well, I go to the well just the same. I just want to say to you, it's possible for you to develop a kind of rhythm and routine that sustains you through good times and bad. But without your conscious volitional choice to place yourself in those spaces, it won't just happen to you. Here's where the poet ends it. He says, be a companion to the right kinds of people. Have you ever heard the saying, if you lay down with dogs, you'll get up with fleas? That's just a great Southern way of saying who you keep company with. That matters. Are the people in your life, your friends, your closest associates, are they moving you toward God? Are they also moving toward God's best life or not? See, the poet says here toward the end, I walk with the wise. And we know that the scriptures say, she who walks with the wise will grow wise. See, your friends say a lot about you and they actually do things to you. They either help you or hinder you. They paint a picture, really, of the trajectory of your life. So give some thought to your friends. As the poet here is speaking, he's essentially saying, I can't do this on my own. And we looked at this a couple of days ago in our podcast. So there's a theme coming up here. We cannot live our life. We cannot be the faithful people we want to be all by ourselves. So give some thought to your friends. And maybe now's an opportunity to make some changes where they need to be made. There have been seasons in life where Karen and I have had to make real choices about the kinds of friends we kept. We had to really think about who we wanted to be and where we wanted to head. And that's true for every single person that would follow the Lord. But not only are you to have the right friends, I think there's an implied invitation here for you to become the right kind of friend, the kind of friend that doesn't need to be dumped. (laughs) And that leads us, I think, to the last thing. The poet Because the poet is walking with God and walking in community, the poet has eyes to see the love of God in the world. I think a sign that we're moving in a redemptive direction is to see love, to see signs of God's love in his presence in the world. It's a sign that our hearts are soft, a sign that we're open to him, being shaped by him. And the Lord wants to shape us, each and every one of us, each and every day. Father, I pray for my friends, and I ask you now for grace to choose life, to nurture life, to walk closely with you. We ask for your mercy and your grace to be faithful to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's word or in our lives or in what we're reading or in devotional talks, It often means that God is offering us his help and his guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what he wants for you? Speak to him about these things. Listen for his still small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.